Hello, this is Talking in Bed with Jen. I at one time had a clip from Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. in between the intro and the beginning of the episode. And since then, it seems like Anchor has taken away the option to add in snippets of music from Spotify. And so for quite a few minutes at the beginning of this episode, I talk about Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. And it's a song that I love. And if you don't know it, go and listen to it because you aren't, ain't listened to it on this episode. So that's just a little way post, way past the, when this episode was actually published. I had to kind of go in and uh, just... <laughs> explain why the hell I'm talking about something that's not in this episode. So on to the episode and um, enjoy. I'm wondering if you immediately think that I'm cooler because I played some very cool classic rap music. Uh, I have to say that the particular song that I used as my, what do you call it, (laughs) intro music. It's one of my favorite rap songs. And um, I can actually, whatever, (laughs) sing rap along with most of it. I don't say the N-word when I'm singing, rapping. Uh, (laughs) In case you were worried, um... (laughs) And uh, I, a friend of mine, when I was like 16, introduced me to that song. She had like gotten her permit and she had a very long driveway. And I don't know if we did this on more than one occasion or if it was one particular day. You know, when you're 16, your friends are obviously like a really big part of your life and I spent you know, tons of time at this girl's house. And um, her dad wouldn't let us obviously drive out onto the road. Um, So we sat in her car with this playing or whatever, you know, various other songs. But this one in particular stood out to me a lot and just drove forward and back up and down the driveway (laughs) And I can't remember. It was warm enough that we probably had the windows open and it was like really sunny and it was in the afternoon. She lived in a very like wooded area. It was suburban too. There were houses everywhere, but uh, for whatever reason, it was just very like heavily tree-y. And um, so, you know, like sunlight kind of filtering through the leaves. And I just have this like very strong memory of listening to this song, being in the car, feeling kind of just cool, like inherently cool. And, um, And so I, I don't know, I have very like strong teen memories associated with the song Juicy by B.I.G. Biggie. Um, And I'm from New York, which is where Biggie is from, was from. 
Uh, so I feel like I have, I mean, I'm not from Brooklyn, but <laughs> from a very different part of New York. But I feel that even though Biggie probably wouldn't have had a lot of respect for where I'm from, I, I like that we're from the same state, at least. Um, if you've never been to New York, Obviously, when pe- when you say the words New York, people th- who aren't from the area, uh, they think New York City. So that's like a big part of my, when I introduce myself to people in Germany, I have to really quickly follow up. I'll say, I'm from New York, and I have to very quickly follow it up with, not the city, the state. And I'm always only like 65% sure that I'm saying the word for state correctly in German, but nobody's really corrected me yet. But it's like literally for years, I've never sort of definitively checked. If you're curious, I, I think the word is Bundesstaat. Bundes meaning federal and um, Staat meaning state. But in Germany, a state it's a Bundesland, so federal land, you could say. I mean, land, it does kind of translate to land, but land is also country. So Deutschland is German country. <laughs> I've never translated that in my life. I've never translated that in my life. That's very funny. Uh, Deutschland being uh, the word for Germany in German. We're doing like a heavy German lesson. Um, And so New York City is, it's all the way at the bottom of New York State. It's the very literal end. It's literally not even attached to the mainland. Uh, the Bronx is. Um, there are five boroughs in New York. We're breaking it down. There's five boroughs in New York. Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. Uh, the Bronx, I think, as I'm going over it in my head, is the only one that's literally attached to the continent of the United States, Manhattan, Staten Island are not. Brooklyn and Queens are. My God, I hope I'm. Yeah, of course. They're both on Long Island. Like technically, Queens is much more Long Islandy than Brooklyn is. But. <laughs> oh my God. I. I don't know why this is making me feel very self-conscious to talk about. I think because I'm afraid that I'm getting something wrong and I would be embarrassed if I was getting something wrong about sort of the geography of New York. But I have to tell you, so I never lived in New York City and I don't recall having an interest in my life to live there. Um, but I was certainly very fascinated with the city. People 
in like the tri-state area, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, just, I mean, I think at least in my area of New York, you just refer to it as the city and, you know, I'm going down to the city today, which if you're from that area, like you fill in the the blank spot, you just understand that it's New York City. But if you, it is funny to think, to take it out of context and think, oh, you're just sort of saying something really generic, the city. I mean, I think that's true of any kind of like, you know, the suburban outskirts of any big city. If you're going in for the day, you just say, I'm going into the city today. I think that's true. Even if you live in, if you live near Boston, right, or whatever. Um, but that is, it is a funny thing, isn't it? You're taking something so generic and it has people around you just fill in the blank. Um, so growing up where I did, it's really like growing up at least when I was a kid, I don't see it that way anymore. But when I was a kid, I, I really felt that I grew up kind of in the shadows of New York City. But to now I really don't see it that way. I see them as very separate places. And, um, you know, like I think it's cool that uh, when I'm home, I can just go down to the city. It takes an hour and a half and I'm down there and you know there are people who would kill to go to New York like once in their life and um so I definitely think that's interesting I being away from home home meaning you know where I grew up it's really helped me appreciate the kind of you know it just helps me appreciate where I'm from more and, um, <laughs> when I have gone into the city with my husband, it has almost never gone well. <laughs> I think he's, so we've been together for mm, like four and a half years, I want to say. And, um, the first time we went to the city, we took the train down and you arrive at Grand Central and, um, we got out and Grand Central is pretty, it's just a couple of blocks from Times Square. And it's like when you're taking somebody new to the city, you have to show them Times Square. If I were there on my own. I might, just for the sake of it, I might go kind of like pop my head around the corner and have a look at Times Square. Because really when you're there, it is incredible. It is exactly as it seems in the movies. Like bright lights and just advertisements everywhere. If you're there at night, it is like, it's overwhelming, but it's kind of like magical. And I mean, that sounds weird because it's, literally advertisements blasted at you from every which way. Um, I think in the past, the recent past, you know, when I was in my 20s, 
Um, traffic used to go through Times Square. I kind of, there was a, I think that t- traffic does still go through Times Square, but they've turned a lot of it into pedestrian kind of just, they've blocked off whole sections of, I think what used to be road. I mean, I haven't been to Times Square in a long time. I think the last time I went <laughs> to, to the city was uh for the week at the week of my wedding which was two and a half years ago with my uh at the time fiance and his family and um so anyway so we walk a couple of blocks I'm excited to show him Times Square you know just to see that kind of like wonder and amazement so we get to Times Square. It wasn't nighttime or anything. It was the afternoon. So, you know, it has less of a kind of really intense visual effect, but still cool. And we're walking along the street. Now, in Times Square, you have a lot of sort of sidewalk merchants, I guess, you know, just people selling stuff. And it's it's all for tourists. You know, it's like they'll paint your name on some piece of paper or... They're selling pashmina scarves, um, just any, lots of different things. Vendors, I guess you might call them. And um, for whatever reason, and it's always crowded and, well, (laughs) before COVID, it's always, it was always crowded in Times Square. I doubt that it is these days, but on a normal year, it's very crowded almost all the time. Uh, and we're walking along, busy sidewalk, and um, a fight breaks out, and I don't know how it happened. It's just one younger guy is, like, wailing on this older guy who I think was a vendor. <clears throat> the young guy has his shirt off, and there's a crowd standing and looking. I'm sure that they weren't from New York. Um, and... Ben, my husband, is standing there like transfixed. And I was like, I immediately wanted to go. I'm like yanking on his arm. I'm like, please, we have to leave. What are you doing? We have to go. We have to go. He was like, no, wait. Like, he wanted to help them? (laughs) And I was like, we have to go. You don't know if this guy has a gun. And that seemed to convince him (laughs) to go. But it was like, he was... He was just transfixed by that. And so we're walking along. I'm holding his hand, (laughs) making sure that we don't get into any more trouble. I let his hand go for, I promise you, it was a couple of seconds. And when I turned back around, there was a guy there kind of basically hustling him and being like, hey, man, where are you from? Look at your shirt. Don't be afraid of black guys. And you know, where are you from? Oh, you're from Germany? That's cool. How do you like it here? You know, just kind of giving him a whole, like, spiel and a rundown, throwing a lot of questions at him. And against my better judgment, we stood and talked to them for whatever, a couple of, a a minute or five minutes or something. And at some point, the sale came and 
all of a sudden a couple of guys were handing him CDs of whatever they're like rap. And, um, he gave, you know, it's hard to get out of those scenarios. They, people who do that kind of work are (laughs) relying on the politeness of visitors and the fact that visitors often, especially in New York, you know that you're going to spend a lot of money. Um, so you aren't as like unwilling to part with it. And I think even that probably there is some appeal in that people would go to New York and be like, whoa, like this cool black guy sold me his rap CD. And that's like a story that they'll take back to wherever they're from. I really think that that's part of the mentality. Um, And I don't... I mean, if I were on my own, I wouldn't, you know, give these guys, I mean, I wouldn't be rude, but I wouldn't give them, you know, much attention. I know people who live in the city, they, you know, wouldn't even acknowledge them. And, and sometimes I wouldn't, I think it would really depend a lot on the situation. Um, but so Ben gives them money and we walk away and I'm like, I can't believe you got hustled. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so we go, we, you know, now it's like, it was just sensory overload. It was a lot in literally this was in the first, I wouldn't even say the first 45 minutes. I would say the first 30 minutes of him like stepping onto the island of Manhattan. And um, so we weren't that far from Central Park. I was like, let's go to Central Park and we'll just kind of regroup there because it's Central Park is fantastic. When you go into the park, the noise from the street, it really like quiets down. It's, it's pretty incredible. And, um, it's a beautiful park. It's got lots of like nooks and crannies in it. It's huge. It's a huge park. And, um, they even have somewhere, I want to say it's up in the seventies. I'm not really sure. Meaning up in the, The lengthwise, no, not lengthwise. (laughs) What's the opposite of lengthwise? The horizontal streets, you know, whatever, above 14th Street, they're in like tens. So up in the 70s is like higher, further north in Manhattan. And I, I think it's up in the 70s. And, um... It's this really big Alice in Wonderland statue that's really cool. Um, so we go to Central Park and we just kind of chill for a little bit. And um, whenever I'm whenever I'm down there, I like to go to Columbus Circle. I just like that area for some reason. I like to go into the the building that I still call the New Time Warner Building. <laughs> it's been there for a very long time and um Lincoln Center is right around there and at least in the past across from Lincoln Center there used to be a restaurant called Fiorello's which is very close to my last name 
And um, <clears throat> I I believe we went to Columbus Circle and we went into the, the New Time Warner building. Which is uh, just, it's like a mall, basically. Like a selective mall. <laughs> and um, And then we must have thought, okay, let's go downtown. I don't, Greenwich Village, I think. And um, we just, like, looked for a place to go eat. And we had a fine dinner. Very expensive, of course. And then we went home. That was enough of that. And we took the train back up to my parents. And when we got up to my parents, we found out that, like, maybe two or three blocks away from where we were having dinner was where that bomb in the garbage can went off. So this would have been four years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers that, that some guy set off a bomb in a trash can and he did get caught like, I don't know how, how long after, but he did get caught eventually. And um, we had like no idea, you know, so that was our first trip down (laughs) Our second trip down was, it must have been about a year later. And um, we wanted to like spend the night in the city. I don't know why. I think we just wanted to. And we couldn't really find anywhere that like, made a lot of sense financially. And what we did find was a room at a YMCA in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And I think it's the closest, I hope, that I'll ever get to, like, visiting, like, spending the night in a prison. (laughs) It was, we had, I mean, the whole thing was just, we had no soap with us, no like shower stuff or soap. It was it was warm in the city, so we were like schwitzy, like sweaty, and I have no idea what we did in Manhattan that day. Not one single clue. I must have showed him places that were special to me there. And eventually we went back to Greenpoint in the evening and we got pizza which was great, really big slices of pizza. And that part was kind of okay. Uh, it was like, a, it was like in during the week. So we kind of saw like the Brooklyn kids, whatever, doing, doing stuff. And we, it was, we were celebrating my husband's birthday. So we, we um went to like some bars and hung out. And when we went back, we realized that the, this room was like, it was just gross. I have the feeling that I thought it was dirty. It just felt so old and used. I mean, it was, of course. The mattress, must. it was made of some sort of like a... It was like a plastic covering on the mattress. And, you know, a, my God, a sheet. A, a fitted sheet that must have had like a thread count of 150 or something 
And it was just the bed alone was like so uncomfortable and it didn't make you feel like this is like a clean place that I'm sleeping. It just felt dirty. And um, there was an air conditioner. There was one window and an air conditioner, but the air conditioner didn't cool the room. It sort of made it, it wasn't hot, but it was like, it was like having just like, lukewarm air blown out so it just made you feel sticky it's the worst night of sleep one of the worst nights of sleep I've ever gotten so we were like happy to leave the next day honestly and um the third time that we went to the city we went down with my now in-laws my husband's family and we did one of those double-decker tour bus things, which I've never done in my life. But, you know, whatever. It, we only we had one day and we had a couple of hours, so it was the best way to kind of see a lot of the city. That was in May of 2018. It was hot as hell. It was an incredibly hot day. And, um, mostly the day was fine. Um, besides it being hot, everybody was kind of cool with everything. Nobody got into any arguments. You know, it was fine. And we took a train. I want to say the train left at 4-something in the afternoon, 4 or 4.30. Uh, later we found out that that was the last train to leave Grand Central that day because... A micro-tornado ripped through parts of where I'm from, and there were, like, trees down everywhere, and it just disrupted train service. And we were maybe halfway along our journey home on the train. You know, everybody's tired. And we stopped at this one station, and we stayed there for three hours with very little news about, you know, the conductor would come on the PA system every now and then and say, sorry, folks, we don't have any more information. They couldn't even really tell us why we were stopped for a long time. And um, it was really crazy. And of course, none of us had a phone that worked. Uh, I think my husband must have gotten like a, like a data package when he got into the U.S. so he could write but it's I don't know so we were just stuck on this train for three hours I mean they opened the doors eventually and like let us mill about and at one point we switched trains just cause <laughs> and eventually maybe around seven o'clock or so they just said okay we can't there's no more train service for today, so you have to get off the train. <laughs> so it's like a lot of, I mean, a tr these trains are long, so it's like train full of people. Just everybody just disembarks from the train and is like wandering off into like a big parking lot or you know, wherever. It's like the train station isn't right next to businesses. So, and it's like people in like business suits, you know, a lot of people finishing their work day early or whatever. It's 
So it's like people in suitcases. It looked like the apocalypse. Like just kind of people milling about, like hoping to find a way to somewhere. And um, we, I don't know how we figured it out, but we <clears throat> must have just been talking to people and, you know, in like a crisis, of course, strangers become friends. And we were kind of like, where are you going? And we found out that there's like a restaurant up the road. So we had to walk a bit and we went to the restaurant and eventually, maybe two hours later, my parents came in separate cars, drove about an hour south and came and picked us up and took us all home. And so... <laughs> Going to the city doesn't have a lot of, like, it doesn't feel like a safe decision with my husband. I mean, maybe one day we'll get back down there again, but he's pretty, he's pretty turned off by uh, New York City, I have to say. Understandably. Um... <clears throat> Gosh, and all of that started just from playing a little bit of Biggie Smalls, huh? Um, I That was about a half an hour. <laughs> I don't know if any of that was interesting. I have a slight headache right now. Um, but, you know, as so I'm not feeling like super, I don't know, energized to talk more. I hope that's okay. I mean, I gave you kind of a, a good narrative, I think. That was one of my pointless stories that if you listen, if you tune into this podcast, I think you must enjoy pointless stories. It's just a story about me and my life, you know, and I haven't made it particularly interesting. I'm sort of delivering the facts <laughs> in a, well, whatever, I guess I try to paint, I try to paint the picture for you at least. Um, but, you know, I think I'm, I'm feeling like I'm ready to sign off for today. Um, I hope that you are having a great start to your fall. I hope that some of the leaves are changing and um, maybe you've got like a cool breeze blowing through. Um, if you've listened to all of my episodes, you know that I use the Weather Channel app and I use it religiously. And um, so I'm pretty interested in weather patterns these days, mainly because I'm so scared of climate change. Um, and there is a website called Climate Spy where you can look back maybe until like, at least as far as the research I've done, until like 1980 or something. And you can see what the average temperature is for each particular month in each year. Going back to 1980. And the average temperature in New York for... I mean, really, for the past 30, 35 years, has been 77 degrees, which seems warm for September. I have to say, it does seem warm. But I guess I do recall when I would go to school 
in September, I mean, everybody knows that, right? You like are going to the bus stop in late September and you've got like a jacket on because it's a little crisp out in the morning and then or you make the mistake of like I'm committing to a sweater or a sweatshirt for the whole day and you know when you're leaving school at 2 p.m. it's like hot as fuck so (laughs) um you know that's (laughs) I guess that rings kind of true it's 77 degrees um And the average temperature in October for New York is, I'm blanking a little bit, I want to say it's like 66 degrees, which is also warmer than I would have expected for October. Uh, And that's going back 30 years. I checked. (laughs) Um, Now, I, I obviously believe that climate change is real and that humans are accelerating the process and we're in the middle of or we're at the beginning really of a shift for the planet what that means for humans you know I don't know but and I know they say like weather doesn't have anything to do with climate change I don't know how they can how people can continue saying that when what you hear is that, like, summers are hotter. I, I, I am very confused on why people say weather is not the same as climate change. I think what they mean is that weather events are not, like, eradicated because of climate change. I remember I went to school in Man- Massachusetts, Western Mass, uh, for college. And back then, at the beginning of the 2000s, it snowed. I mean, being from New York, we would get a lot of snow. In Western Mass, it's in, like, the Berkshires mountain range. They get an unbelievable amount of snow. And, um, I mean, it's beautiful, too. Uh, oh my god, why was I saying that? Oh, yeah, I went to some, like, talk that they were having on climate change. And on that particular night, it was, like, snowing like crazy. And the guy said something like, I know it's ironic that we're talking about climate change when the weather is like that outside. I think what people mean is that just because you have a big snowstorm doesn't mean that climate change is is not happening. Uh, So, I don't think that rational people are claiming any longer that climate change doesn't happen. I think that most rational, logical people do agree it's happening. I think the point of contention these days is whether humans are accelerating the process or not. Um, so... (laughs) The... Okay, when I look up the temperatures and I see that the average temperature for September and October in New York has not changed that much, really at all, in the past 30, 35 years, I feel comforted. And it might be a completely false sense of comfort. I'm aware of that. I feel comforted anyway. And whatever. 
it's not like I don't think that climate change is happening. I know it's happening. But maybe I feel better that, um, that something has stayed the same. <laughs> that might be it, is that it makes me feel like, well, okay, I mean, I, I see all of this change and it feels very often like, um, you know, the world is really falling to pieces, obviously. Uh, but if I see that it's 66 degrees in October, I'll feel like, Fahrenheit, obviously, I'll feel like, okay, well, it's the same as it was in 2000, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if that offers you any sense of comfort. I, I hope it does, if climate change is something that really worries you. Um, and here's another thing, if you feel worried about the U.S. election, which I think a lot of people do feel worried about it. On, I literally can't hear the words on both sides, like, ever again for the rest of my life, but I do... I. I've talked about this before, about empathizing with people that you disagree with. I personally think it's important because it helps to not make out regular people to be villains and monsters. It just helps you understand why somebody believes the thing they do. It doesn't, you know, you might not, you still won't agree with it, but it's, it's better to know why somebody thinks the way they do because then at least you know your enemy if they're your enemy, right? And um, <clears throat> this might be a very controversial opinion. Uh, I was looking up on Reuters. They have like a they have a really good like graphic article where Biden and Trump stand on key issues. And it's very, like, succinct bullet points of just various issues. So uh, reopening the economy, Biden was cautious. Trump wanted to reopen as quickly as possible. So very kind of as tightly as they can give you a succinct answer on lots of different points. And it's been very helpful for me, who I don't take, I try not to take in, like, a lot of news it's just too much for me uh and i really i really need just like bullet points um and you can think whatever you want about me because i required that but that's the way it is so anyway um you know as i'm looking through it i realize i mean obviously i don't support trump i think that he's He's not a, a good person, even just without the presidency. He's, he's, a, a, he's a bad person. He's racist and sexist and, you know, just not good. <laughs> He'd, you know, sell his grandmother down the river. I feel like I'm getting that phrase wrong. <laughs> sell his grandmother? 
he, ew. he would, oh my god, I'm really struggling with that. <laughs> He's not a good person, okay? He has no morals or principles except make money and look out for number one. So, uh, and, and a lot of Republicans, or I should say a lot of Trump supporters, they know that. They know that Trump is not a likable person. They're aware of that. They don't care. They kind of think it's appealing because it's different than a lot of the lip service that they feel like they get from Democrats and other politicians. They like that Trump is, that he's a wild card. They like it. They see it as different. And um, they understand that he is like a loud mouth and he's uncouth. And he just says things that are not very presidential. What they like about him is that they believe that he really loves America and he puts America first. That's what they believe. I'm not saying I believe that. Because I don't believe that even if he puts the economy of America, whatever, first, you know, whatever that means, I don't believe that he puts many Americans first, <laughs> like, clearly, you know. So I don't know why that is a big disconnect for Trump supporters, that even if he, like, cares about the economy, that's very self-serving, right? I mean... He is a capitalist, so, and he benefits, I guess, a lot from capitalism. So, of course, he would be very interested in having the country that he lives in and does most of his business in. He wants that economy to do well. So, uh, I don't think that Trump cares about the American people. Um... And I'm not sure why Trump supporters kind of, I haven't figured that part out, why they don't see that he doesn't care about them. Obviously, a lot of people do. I'm talking about the Trump supporters. A lot of people do see that Trump as a president doesn't care about the people, except for the people who support him. He cares about them, but that would fall in line with the narcissistic tendencies, right? Um, why was I talking about this? So... That's him as a person, right? Um, him as a president, what this Reuters article got to, in a, as neutral a way as possible, really, it got me to understand that Trump is a very normal... <laughs> I know that the words Trump is, very, is a very normal anything, like, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Let's say standard. He's a pretty standard Republican president. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not a politician, so he has no clue how to, like, be a president, clearly. I think he's a standard Republican president because um, his cabinet, you know, just tells him what to do. And he does it. He'll sign whatever it is that they feel like he needs to sign. And um, I don't feel like Trump makes any uh, really earth-shattering decisions as a, in terms of his presidency. Um, obviously, his behavior is like he's totally 
um, you know, he just lives in a state of rogue. <laughs> he doesn't, like, go rogue. He's always rogue, right? Um, and, you know, I know a big topic right now is um, if Biden were to win, would Trump hand over, like, would it be a peaceful transition of power? And, um, you know, these are all just my opinions, okay? I really, I am on the left. Sometimes I swing further left. I, I don't know. I kind of like to think in the middle. I like to think in the middle, but I am on the left. Let's say that. I try to see it from both sides as much as I can. Um, oh my God, why was I saying that? Peaceful transition of power. Okay, whatever. Uh, even if Trump didn't, that's just a formality. Do you understand? It's not like Biden, if Biden wins the election and Trump doesn't like that, it doesn't change the fact that Biden is the president-elect. I think, I haven't been told anything differently that, like, the current the the incumbent president the current president has to like speak the words or like write down the words like i'm stepping down as president the new president elect will be the president you know like i don't think that there is like an official thing that trump has to agree to in order for the transition of power to happen a president can do his job from anywhere. Trump could have a fucking sit-in in the White House and refuse to leave. Biden will still would still be able to do the job from wherever. <laughs> Go to like another room in the White House, you know? So I know that it seems ridiculous. Of course, it's all ridiculous. It's kind of like trying to find sanity in the middle of craziness, right? That's all I'm trying to do is trying to find sanity. Um, and, and that's my little bit of comforting. That's what comforts me when I think about this. I think Trump can say and do whatever he wants uh, it won't change the facts. Now, what won't comfort a lot of people is that I don't have a lot of faith in Biden winning. I don't. Um, Trump has such a loyal fan. I keep saying fan base. It really feels wrong. <laughs> he has such loyal supporters who, tr I mean, they are unwavering in their support. Uh, and they love to vote, right? Biden just doesn't have that kind of, he hasn't built up like that kind of love with people who are on the fence or already left. People will vote for Biden because it's not Trump. Maybe some people really like Biden. I'm sure there are plenty of people who really do like Biden, but not in the same way, right? And in fact, the only person who would have, who had the same kind of loyal fan, fuck, supporter base was Bernie Sanders. 
And once again, the Democratic Party, I mean, I don't know. I guess they didn't fuck him over this time like they did last time. They really fucked that man over. You know, the Democrats, they just fuck it up all the time. They really do. It's like constant bad decisions and fuck-ups, really. So now we have two septuagenarians fighting for this office. And um, I just don't have a lot of faith in Biden winning because it's really unusual to have a, a one-term president. Um, it just doesn't happen a lot. And the country's, the voting power is, meaning whatever, the population that tends to vote largely are Republicans. I don't know why I haven't gotten to that part. <laughs> uh, it's just a, a more conservative country, isn't it? It's a, America is a, is a conservative country. Culturally and politically, uh, and economically, that's kind of the roots of the country, and uh, we have such a such a thing about not being communists or socialists that it makes the conservative side of the country just clench up at the idea of anything other than conservative politics and economy. And baby boomers grew up in the Cold War uh, and really this fear of communism and what communists would do. And of course, communist countries don't, uh, they don't have a great track record. You know, <laughs> living in a country where there used to be a communist uh whatever government um living in a in a I lived in a city where it was a divided city but anyway um so you know they're really I don't have a lot of faith in Biden winning I think Trump is going to win again toy 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 knock on wood I hope it doesn't happen here's your bit of comfort. If Trump wins and he gets four more years, then he's done, okay? If Biden were to win, Trump could run again and would m have a good chance of winning. He did it once. So almost, I know this is controversial, part of me just wants to get it over with. Just give him, just do this election. He wins. Then we're done in four years and we can just pick up the pieces. And you know what? Here's another little bit of comfort. And this was true when Trump won in 2016. The day after he won, of course, I was like, whoa, this is really, this is really fucking weird. This is weird. How can anybody be happy about this monster? This pig. I only reserve that term for the most disgusting kind of men. How can this pig be president? <laughs> That's almost a cute mental image, isn't it? That's too cute. A pig for president. <laughs> uh, if you want more 
pig <laughs> humor. Listen to my movie watch of Babe, <laughs> the talking pig. Anyway, we're getting toward the end, guys. Uh, and this was the feeling that I had. I don't want Trump to fail as a president. I want him to succeed because I want the pilot to fly the plane and land it well. I want him to be successful as a president. Why would I want somebody who's the president to fail? That's all I want is for the president to do a good job representing Americans and meeting the needs of most Americans. I mean, it's impossible to satisfy everybody. It is. It's a big country with a lot of different cultural corners and kinds of people. And so it's impossible to make everybody happy. But I would love it if a president could succeed at the job, whatever, even if he's got this like horrible personality, I would love for him to do a great job. I would. It would make me happy to see the country doing well, okay? That is optimism. I don't, it's something that comforts me to just have hope. That, and not even hope, it's kind of a, it's a rational wish to want the president, whoever the president is, to do well. I don't want to see a president fail because that's bad for my family and other Americans. I am obviously not as affected by it, except that it's like a headache. <laughs> so maybe that in, you know, uh, on the chance that Trump wins another term, at least on that day and the following days, you can think, Maybe things will turn around. Maybe maybe things will be okay. Maybe he'll succeed. I know people hate him so much that you don't want to wish well on him. You don't have to wish well on Trump as a person or Trump as a president. You don't have to do anything. But if you are looking for some way to pick yourself up out of what will feel like a sense of dread... You can think, I hope that the president does a good job for the American people. That's my trying to be comforting. This Wow, this episode is really all over the place. Um, I still have a headache. I, don't, I still don't feel fantastic, I have to tell you. Um, but... I hope that this was interesting. Maybe it offered you some comfort. Um, maybe it offered you some new perspective on things. I know it's just my opinion. I mean, you know, I've done internet research. I try to do, I try to be neutral. I try to get to the heart of issues that are interesting to me, you know, and to kind of see past. I think I try to see past the sensationalism because the sensationalism will it'll kill you really it'll stress you out and kill you so if you can try to that's my 
that's my last bit of helpful advice. It's just because I know that a lot of people are having a tough time right now. I know that. Try to look for information and do research that's not sensationalized. That's where you'll find more of that. Just being able to calm yourself and find some comfort. And if it's false comfort, and you don't know that it's false comfort, I tell you, it'll feel very similar to real comfort. So, that's that's my... <laughs> this is my advice podcast. Um, I hope that you have a great a great fall day. Do something fallish. You can't watch a Halloween movie yet. You can start doing that in October, okay? Watch something, I don't know, listen to some fall music or something. Um, put up some decorations for fall. Uh, take a walk outside. That's... Just get out of the house and go get some peace of mind somewhere. Okay, I love you and I'll I'll talk to you soon. Bye.